Hi, I'm Corny Rample. Thanks for listening to Mix 96. Today on your Mix Morning Show, we chatted with Maddie Redekop from the Jacob Public Library. They're open again, and they have their summer reading program. We also talked about quarantining books, which I've never heard of before. We'll also hear from Kelvin Gertzen, our MLA and Education Minister. It's the Mix Morning Show. It's the Mix Morning Show. Good morning, Maddie. Good morning. So you guys are open now. You've been open how long? A week and a half. And June how's, 1st. how's it been going and what's different? Uh, it's been going really well. We're so thankful to all of our patrons who have been coming in and have been so grateful and, and patient and gracious with us as all of this is changing for us too. So some things that are different is we now have a, a library greeter sitting at the door uh, who's just keeping track of the amount of people in the building because we have a limited capacity. And so, um, and there's also just, there's no furniture to sit and hang out and read in the library. It's more of a come in, browse, get your books, and then we ask you to check out and leave instead of hanging out in, in the building. So it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more of a turnaround. Uh, we have less people just hanging out. And so it's different, but people are still getting their books, which is the important thing. And you're basically just open to the public in the afternoons, right? Yeah. So uh, it's been changing week to week. So this week we were open uh, 1 to 8, Monday and Tuesday, and then 1 to 4.30 uh, Wednesday through Friday. And then next week we'll be open 1 to, or sorry, 12.30 to 8, Monday okay. and Tuesday, 1 to 4.30, Wednesday through Friday. And then Saturday we'll be open 10 to 1. So um, if people want our um, hours every week, this will just be until the end of June, and then we're hoping July and August will be more of a steady schedule. But uh, week to week, you can check our social media and our uh, website, and we'll be posting updates about that as well. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be near impossible to sanitize a book. So I imagine um, keeping people's hands, uh, using hand sanitizer, and clean, that's something that's promoted a lot. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We promote using hand sanitizer as soon as you come in the building. And then there's bottles of hand sanitizer at the circulation desk for when you're done uh, browsing. You can come to the desk to check out your books and hand sanitize there as well. Um, we are quarantining books for uh, three days at a time. So when they're returned from people's homes and we actually quarantine them for three days in a separate room and then put them back on the shelf. Um, and some of our patrons have been quarantining their books when they get home as well, just to make sure uh, that the virus is not living on the book. So interesting is a virus in the building. So, quarantining yeah. books. That's not something I've ever heard of in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of, um, a bunch of libraries that are reopening are talking about uh, how long do you quarantine? Because on paper, uh, the COVID virus is said to live only 24 hours, but some of our books are hardcover and laminated, so then it's plastic, so then it's said to live longer. So right. um, they've determined that three days is probably a, an appropriate and a safe amount. So that's what we've been doing. There we go. Quarantining books at the library. <laughs> yes. We're, we're in a been new time. We're in a yeah. new time. <laughs> <laughs> Very different than what it has been. <laughs> well, one thing that is not going away is the summer reading program. And Maddie, just hang around. I want to talk to you about that right after Virginia to Vegas, just friends on Mix. It's the Mix Morning Show. It's the Mix Morning Show.
Do you garden, Maddie? I do. My husband and I do have a we have a garden and we have pots outside, so we're going to have to bring those in and cover everything up. <laughs> oh yeah, it's nice when they're still in the pots and you move them inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my flowers are in pots, so those will get moved into the shed, and then uh, we have all of our all of our vegetable plants in the ground. But we have some nice old bed sheets that we'll just cover the whole garden with, and it should be fine. Beauty. Beauty. We're talking with Maddie Redicup from the Jacob Library. Um, very excited to see that the summer reading program for the kids is still on despite COVID-19. So yes. tell us, what, what, when, and how is this happening? Okay, so it's going to look quite different than it has in the past. We're doing an exclusively online program this year just because we can't uh, social distance in the building uh, with the kids. Like, uh, previous summers, we've been cramming kids into the room. It's been 25 kids and three adults in a tiny little space, and uh, we just can't do that this year because of the COVID-19 situation. So um, TD Summer Reading Club is actually our, our head organization that we work under for this program, and they have 17 wonderful animators and staff on board to run an online program for libraries across the country like us who just can't run it in building. And so... Uh, Parents can go to tdsummerreadingclub.ca for free starting Monday, June 15th and sign up kids of all ages and all abilities to uh, do this program and they can keep track of their reading online. Um, They don't have to have a library card in order to participate in the program. So if that is what has been holding you back in the past, then... um, you can feel free to uh, do it online for free without having a library card. If you do have a library card, you can associate your child with our library and just say, we are patrons at the Jake app, and we would appreciate that because then uh, it kind of gives a nod to us as well and allows us to see who is still participating uh, this year, even though we can't have you in the building. And then also on our social media, uh, some of my coworkers will be uh, doing some story times and uh, just uh, promoting what TD Summer Reading Club is doing. So that is what we will be doing this year. Well, what we're going to do to make this easy, um, because I'm sure a lot of people didn't get a chance to write that down, we yes. are going to put the uh, TD Summer Reading Club um, website up on uh, the mix page on SteinbeckOnline.com. So you just go to the mix blog, and we will have it all right there uh, oh, for you to great. just click and then register, but make sure, yeah, make sure if you've got a Jacob library card, make sure you mention them because, uh, yeah, kudos to our local library. I'm so glad yeah. you guys are still doing this. Yeah, and we are really sad about the fact that uh, we aren't able to actually have something in-house, so we actually have something special that we're doing for the whole surrounding community. So if anybody doesn't have a library card and wants one for the summer, we actually have a membership special happening all summer long, so starting June 15th all the way through the end of August. You can purchase a library membership for that two and a half months for only $20. And you, it can be anybody. So anybody who doesn't have a library card and who doesn't live in Steinbeck, you can come and get your non-resident library card for the summer for $20. So that's our peace offering to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Love yes. it. We will get all that information up on the Mixed Blog on SteinbeckOnline.com. Maddie Redekop from the Jacob Library, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It's the Mixed Morning Show.
It's the Mixed Morning Show. And then we're joined by uh, the Education Minister and also the MLA for Steinbeck, Kelvin Gertz. And good morning, Kelvin. Good morning, Corny. Your uh, son is going to school for the first day back. Man, I tell you, it's like Christmas in the Gertzen household today. He's uh, going back to school for the first time, uh, physically in school for the first time in, in several months. So I don't know how excited he is, but I tell you, the rest of us in the house are really, really excited. Even the dog's excited. Everybody's excited to run back to school. Well, you know, we're getting people to share their back-to-school pictures in June, which is just so bizarre, you know, like we used to, you know, we do that in summer, we, you know, uh, but like after summer, but this is just weird. It's a strange time. It, it's, a, it's a strange time, but everybody's sort of like doing doing their best with it, but it also makes you appreciate things, right? And so all those things that we kind of feel we were missing for a while when they start to come back and they're coming back, you appreciate them a little more and... You know, maybe that's not a bad thing, right? Because sometimes we take things for granted. So we're not yeah. taking this for granted. We're bringing them to school and pushing them out the door. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. You know, even um, Carly Coop was saying earlier how her son, who's in high school, had gone back to school uh, yesterday and uh, to meet the science teacher and to work on some stuff. And when he got home, he said it was an excellent day. We had a great time together. And those were not words she was expecting to hear from her teenage son who just went back to school. Yeah, and, you know, I think that, that again, that goes back to how do you not take things for granted or things before that seemed like an inconvenience or that you didn't want to do. Uh, we, my wife and I had our first time eating back in a restaurant again yesterday, and, and that was kind of cool to do that again, right? And we used to do that just all the time, right? But now we haven't done it for weeks to be sitting in a restaurant. And, hey, lots of good stuff um, to, to think about, too. You can look at, you know, hardships and negatives, or you can focus on the positive. I love that. It's the next morning show. And uh, we're talking with Kelvin Gertz. And Kelvin, we've been very fortunate here uh, in the Steinbeck area to have missed a good chunk of those major storms that blew through southeastern Manitoba. Yeah, we did. But, you know, we, we've got neighbors that are pretty close who are, are suffering, right, from the from the flooding. i got to think about them. And I know the province is offering some support there. But, uh you know, it, it changes quickly, right? So yeah. knock on wood, we miss them now, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. And so we continue to support our neighbors just south of us as they deal with the uh, with the water. It's got to go somewhere. They've got to get it out. So, um, Kelvin, now phase three of the opening of Manitoba, um, is there a date, first of all, of when they're going to be unveiling what phase three will be? So when June or when uh, phase two was implemented, it did say that phase three would be no earlier than June 21st. We're getting close to that date, so I would think that in the next uh, next little while we'll hear more about some specifics about phase three. It did talk about uh, potentially movie theaters being in phase three. There's been active conversations happening with the faith community. Uh, the different faiths about, you know, what would a reopen look like for those houses of worship? And I know that's really important. And listen, I taking off my MLA hat and taking off my member of the government hat, um, it absolutely guts me uh, every week that I can't go to church. It, 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 it's like everyone who is uh, really invested in their faith community, uh, it is gut-wrenching to not be able to go. So I know that that's important to everybody. It's important to me. There's been really good discussions happening, and so 
you know, uh, like everybody, I look forward with anticipation to being able to go back to uh, to my church or to the places that people worship at. Well, I love that you've been talking to all different faiths and denominations. Like, you must have learned so much about how um, different faiths do church in order to actually say, okay, this is how we can all safely get back to our place of worship. It's been interesting. I've been fairly connected over the years with the different faith organizations, not just the one that, that I practice at, um, but certainly you learn a lot about the different sacraments and, and the different ways that people do their faith. Some are very invested in, in, in food and in meals, and eating after a worship service is a very regular thing in some in some faiths. And so how does that work in with a potential reopening? Um but overall, they've been really understanding, uh, really, really eager to participate in this process, and uh, that's what you'd expect from the faith community, right? I mean, they're leaders in setting the example for, I think, us generally in society, and they're leaders in this process, too. I love that. Um, and now also, uh, some of the talk that's been going on in the last while is uh, crossing provincial borders. I know there's some places that I'd like to go, but I can't because I can't afford to take two weeks off. When I get back to quarantine, um, any talk of the movement of provincial borders? So, so there absolutely has been talk now. Of course, the, the good news is that in Manitoba, our numbers are so good when it comes to COVID that that keeps all of us safe. Um, but the greatest risk that we have is the virus being imported from other places. And so we've seen that more recently, almost all of our cases have been coming in from other places. So the medical folks are really, really, you know, uh, watching that. And But they have been talking about, you know, what does it look like if we were to loosen some of that? And maybe that's a regional thing, right? Maybe we look around and go, where are other provinces doing as well as we are so that the risk of importing the virus from those places are, are low as well? So yeah. um, Dr. Rusin ha- has said that they have been looking at that. I think we'll hear more comments on that in a relatively short order, um, but that's kind of a byproduct of us doing so well in Manitoba that our greatest risk actually isn't internally right now, and hopefully it isn't in the future, um, but it's externally and importing the virus from other places. Right, because I know that Saskatchewan's numbers are fairly decent, and a good chunk of Ontario's numbers are good. They really only get insane when you start getting into Toronto where their numbers are still off the charts on a daily basis. It would be great if they could like draw a line, you know, like say if you travel past Thunder Bay or if you travel past Barrie, Ontario or something, draw a line and go, if you travel past there, you have to quarantine. But um, yeah, it's frustrating not being able to go. It's frustrating not being able to go and quarantine. I never thought in my living lifetime that I'd be as excited to possibly go to Saskatchewan as I am. I mean, I, I would be, like, totally fired up to go to Regina. It's not even like a Labor Day game. I would just like to go to Regina just to see something different, right? And you'd be and wearing your bomber jersey the whole time. Oh, but this is like a pandemic thing, right? Yeah. It's even made us excited to go to Saskatchewan. That's what the pandemic is doing to us. It doesn't seem right. It's messed up. Kelvin, always a pleasure, and uh, thank you for giving us just a little glimpse into, even though we don't have concrete um, concrete answers as to what a Phase 3 is going to look like, we appreciate you at least giving us a glimpse. And I, I hope next week we'll, we'll know more. Sounds good. Thank you, Kelvin. Take care. It's the next morning show.